Kia ora, I'm Georgia. I'm Catherine. And I'm Marley. And you're listening to... Pimpod! and welcome to episode six of the podcast how are you both this week yeah we're good probably better than you or you in your situation cannot complain no (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i might as well just jump straight in with my uh yeah what's on top i so i think i said last week obviously we're moving to perth and and hopefully weren't going to do miq but here i am in MIQ, day three of 14. Oh, uh, I just yeah. can't believe it. I think I jinxed it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, I mean, MIQ is really bad, but it definitely wasn't you. <laughs> it was a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest. So Perth WA announced that they were keeping their borders shut rather than opening them. And so our flight got cancelled. We managed to get a new flight, a quarantine flight, uh, but we only had like 30 hours to get on it and to get our PCRs, which was crazy because we were actually on holiday up in the Capiti Coast at the time. So we had to <laughs> like quickly drive to Wellington, get our PCRs, go back, pack our bags, fly to Christchurch, get our remaining stuff out of a storage unit and hop on the plane. It was mental managed to squeeze in a quick playground date with these two though <laughs> yeah <laughs> highlight of the week <laughs> yeah oh my god highlight of the month <laughs> um, and then yeah we arrived in perth and they said because we had traveled directly from an international country rather than indirectly via sydney melbourne or Brisbane that we had to go into hotel quarantine which is baffling because we've come from New Zealand where there is virtually no COVID and Sydney and Melbourne are rife with it so I don't know why it would make a difference if we stopped there overnight but we're here bizarre and yeah the the transfer to hotel quarantine was beyond dire it was just Mm. awful I I messaged these guys it was they left us sitting on a bus over 40 degrees heat with the two toddlers wouldn't give us anything like water or food for ages until we you know we begged for it it was nuts and then you're just treated like a criminal basically i just can't believe it i know no fresh air windows are bolted shut and you can't go outside so you're not allowed outside at all for the entire two weeks no no there's even like a security guard patrolling the hallway there's wow. a security guard patrolling the hallway. Oh yep. my god! Yep. Like we hear him on his radio constantly. And if you look out your peak hole, and if when you open the door to collect your food that they deliver, he's just standing there staring at you <laughs> to make sure you oh. don't run. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Um, oh. <laughs> I know. He like I've got about twenty bags yeah. and two toddlers. <laughs> I'm not running I out of here. Run, even if I wanted to. <laughs> I was just saying, though, oh, what's weird yeah. is that the boys haven't noticed we're trapped in a room. <laughs> Bless. They just... They probably just think it's so fun and exciting mm. having mum and dad yeah. be all day. I reckon I reckon they do. And because we, it's quite intense in that 
we're just obviously playing with them 24 7 there's not really any mm. not really much independent play or anything because we're all in the same room it's not like you can really escape so I think mm. they're just loving the fact they're getting <laughs> super intense mum and dad time all the time yeah so the spirits are reasonably high yeah they their spirits are pretty high Hugh did say this morning like where's our car oh it's just in the cupboard but um, <laughs> uh, I'm also like do you know what it's um not our house so you're allowed glitter glue you're allowed glitter oh. Couldn't care. Yeah. Oh, you're allowed to do play on the carpet. <laughs> all oh. rules are gone. And we, they're just either naked or in nappies all day. But they're happy in nappies. Like they can wear clothes if yeah. they want, but they charge us Perfect. an item of clothing to be washed. Oh my which God. Is just <laughs> oh my gosh. And kids go through about seven t shirts a day. Oh, so. Yeah. so we're like, you guys are staying naked. <laughs> mm, fair enough. So yeah, that's that's that oh my gosh well we'll be on the countdown with you thank you very much it's it's not far away and we've decided we're going to have like a date night and order uber eats and get dressed up and just pretend we're out yeah <laughs> for one night cool yeah it's, so that will be it's fun. nice um just one more thing that's actually very embarrassing so they've got like a facebook group for people currently in this hotel where they upload mm. our menu every day so we can see what we're eating and they every now and again they run a competition to get a coffee from downstairs it's oh my a god a really depressing group but um people ask questions on there and they always put you know tia at the end of the message you know how people do oh, yeah. yeah 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 i this whole time have thought that means this is africa <laughs> <laughs> thanks in advance <laughs> is that not what it means yeah it, it does oh oh, that just never crossed my mind so I was this just is like, Africa why did you think it was this is Africa I don't know <laughs> but I was just always like uh, yeah lol it is like, <laughs> they actually mean um, thanks in advance so that was a bit embarrassing thanks in advance <laughs> um Moving oh, on, what's on top for you guys? For me, it's how great daycare is. Oh, so bloody rub it in. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he has started daycare, which is amazing. I don't know why I'd thought that having two kids under the age of like 18 months um, at home by myself all day, every day was a good <laughs> idea. You're a champ. Oh, stupid more like it so yeah he started um in the new year so he's had two weeks and he just does two mornings a week so tomo drops him off on his way to work at 7 30 which is amazing because oh, then i don't even have to mm, get out of bed yeah. um and then flo and i go pick him up around 11 30 and it's just so nice having the morning mm, just yeah. with flo it's yeah, it's one really on one time. So nice. Um, so nice, isn't it? Yeah, and it, we actually, most days we just go and catch up with people, and it's so mm. much easier oh, with yeah. one child that can't move. You know, I'm not, if I go to someone's house, I'm not then on edge watching what Harry's getting up yeah. to. Um, but yeah, his daycare's great. We're actually, we're actually in Wanaka at the moment um, for Waitangi weekend, and we're here for the week. So he obviously won't be going this week, and I actually think he'll really miss mm. it. He will. He's probably at the age where he's really social now, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And and honestly, I don't know if it's just a coincidence, but I even think in the last two weeks, the amount of words that he's saying oh. has just 
increased so much. Just from being, like, immersed in the language and things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the way he plays with things has changed as well. Yeah, it's really (laughs) cute. It's been really nice to watch. So I'm really pleased that he's loving it. It's such a such a win-win because like Flo gets just mummy time and then Harry gets other friends and kids doesn't he such a win yeah it was really funny lots of people have kind of said oh you know how are you I'm going to daycare and I'm like I'm so great <laughs> better <laughs> than I have been up. in months it is yeah it's, it's amazing oh, that's funny <laughs> oh that's yeah. brilliant so we do Tuesday Thursdays which breaks up the week yeah. really nicely yeah does, nice. And do you have to send them yeah. in with snacks and things? No, they do all the Amazing. food. It's great. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's yeah. the dream. And then he comes home and sleeps for like two mm. and a half hours. So really, it's the whole day, yeah. basically. How about you, Mally? What's happening with you guys? Um. Well, yeah. really, we've all just been sick this week. So that's awesome. Damn. Sick in summer. It's just, it's wild. I don't know how we're sick right now, but... Um, it's not COVID. It's just Mila's brought home a um, like a viral bug from preschool. She's for her. It's almost been two on like Wednesday. It'll be two weeks that she's been sick for. Oh, yeah, wow. and she she kind of last Thursday was better, and then Layla's got it, but now Mila's like almost caught it again it's really weird uh that's the worst isn't it yeah. just goes round yeah. and round so um we've both got it i mean no all three of us girls have got it yeah. you should just be lying in bed yeah um i've been trying to make the most of like this weekend zane's been getting up with the girls which is really nice yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Nice. and we should probably get straight into lisa's episode because it's a great yeah. one isn't it it is amazing yeah yeah it is Today we have the incredible Lisa from Sleep Easy to answer all our sleep-related questions. Lisa is from Brighton, Dunedin, and has three daughters ages 14, 7, and 2. Originally an early childhood teacher, she made the switch to being a sleep consultant after reaching out for help around ditching the dummy for her third daughter. She is trained in baby and toddler sleep and the real science behind it all age-appropriate settling methods and best sleep practices for zero to five-year-olds. Thanks so much for joining us, Lisa. Can you tell us why sleep is so important for babies and how much they need? Sure. Hi, guys. Thank you very much for having me here. Hi. Hi. Um, My very first podcast. I was a little bit nervous, but... So exciting. Um, So, yeah, you've introduced me well, Um, and you're right, I did start looking into sleep uh, when I was having a few issues with my my own girl. She was actually my third, and my other two were relatively good sleepers, so this was a bit of a shock to me. (laughs) But fast forward to now, and I'm, yeah, I'm working worldwide with mums and dads, helping to get their little ones into good routines. Um, and as you said, I work with zero to five year olds. So, um, so your question, why, why is sleep so important for babies and toddlers and how much do they need? So sleep is not only important for babies, but also for mum and dad, uh, so they can function (laughs) and be the best parents possible. (laughs) I have a lot of mum and dads that come to me for that reason. Um, mum and dad are both working and they need their sleep. So sleep for babies and toddlers is extremely important because this is when they do most of their growing uh, de- 
developmentally, physically and emotionally. Uh, so having an overtired baby is, who has not had enough sleep during the day or night will make for a very unsettled bedtime and the excessive overnight mm. wakes. So it's kind of a, a rolling circle of if they don't get enough sleep during the day, then night times are going to be a nightmare and vice versa. So with catnapping, how does that work with not getting enough sleep during the day? Because my daughter is a chronic, was a chronic catnapper. So she would do 30 minutes max and would like really space it out. So some days she'd only get an hour and a half. Yeah. Do you just have to roll with those sorts of things? Well, with catnapping, they're not getting the restorative sleep. So they're really only getting, so we have what we call a sleep cycle. So every sleep cycle is 45 minutes. And so a catnapper is not getting into that really deep sleep. They're Mm -hmm. only getting into certain Mm -hmm. phases. So therefore, they're not actually getting that really good sleep that's going to actually help them feel better, be happier when they're awake. They're just not going to have quality quality of sleep is what I would call. If they were wearing a Fitbit, they wouldn't get a great sleep. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So when do you start getting into that deep, good quality sleep? After how long, roughly? So roughly the first 10 minutes is quite crucial. Uh, Some people put, especially little babies, they put baby down they settle them for 10 minutes and they leave them and they wake up. So it's really 20 minutes would be where they start getting into a really good sleep. 30 minutes they're getting into that deep sleep. Okay. So then if they wake at the 45-minute mark, which a lot of babies are between 30 minutes and 45 minutes where they wake, and that's where mm. they're missing that deep sleep. Yeah. Okay, and that's, really the, that's the good stuff. Yeah, that's the really good stuff where they're getting good, good quality. Yeah. How much day sleep or total sleep in 24 hour period do you think babies need okay so newborn babies uh would need about eight hours total daytime sleep Mm -hmm. and about eight and a half hours overnight sleep and then as you jump up they start getting less daytime sleep more nighttime sleep so four weeks they have they're needing six to seven hours during the day and eight to nine overnight and then you jump up to like nine months would need two and a half hours mm. total day sleep and 11 hours overnight. Okay. Uh, then you jump right yep. up to two, two years old, would need an hour and a half during the day and 11 and a half hours overnight. So you're kind of lessening the day sleep and then their nights mm. should be starting to stretch out that little bit bigger. Cool. Mm. Totally. So Lisa, what does healthy or safe sleep look like? Okay, so healthy and safe sleep. So... With my job, I do have to, I I can't encourage co-sleeping. It's just mm. all part of what I have been, what I've studied on. And so healthy sleep to me is a baby or a toddler sleeping in their own safe sleep space on their back unless they're rolling unassisted uh, and with no loose blankets, um, simply just in the sleeping bag. Uh, so in order to support clients, I must always follow these safety guidelines. Um, so it means no bed sharing or co-sleeping. And I'm not anti-co-sleeping, and I believe that every parent does what they need to do in order to survive. Mm. However, as part of my job, I have to follow the safety guidelines. Uh, so mm. it all comes down to the sleep environment, which we're going to talk about next, but... Mm. 
um, having the room warm enough so they don't need extra blankets, having the right clothing so they don't need extra blankets. It's, it's a really big thing for us is just simply having baby in their cot by themselves, no unnecessary extra things that could potentially cause issues. And on their back? On their back, definitely. And until they can roll themselves, yeah. then on their back, always placing them on their back initially, regardless of their age. And like, I mean, I still place my two-year-old on her back and she yeah. she rolls straight away. But that's, yeah, it's just just something I have to follow. Lisa, what is the ideal temperature for a bedroom for a kid? The ideal temperature is between 18 and 20 degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and then and then you layer up or you layer down depending on the season. Yeah, okay. and so you can get so many different mm-hmm. sleeping bags right from one tog level uh, right through to a three tog or a merino. I mean, just on the co-sleeping um, thing, because I like I remember being in hospital and being told you shouldn't you shouldn't co-sleep, and given all the great guidelines about putting baby on back and you know uh, make clean new mattress, not from a smoker's household, all those which was great advice. And then another midwife did say to me, "You are going to co-sleep at some point; it's inevitable." So I'm just going to tell you the safe ways to do it. There yeah. is a safe way to do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, saying no alcohol and no smoking and making sure that partner couldn't roll in them and things like that. Do you think that we should be acknowledging that people are co-sleeping with their children? It's just sometimes what you have to do. And we should then be educating parents properly on how to do it. Absolutely. I or think, do you think it should just be a clear no? I mean, I mean, from the minute I studied, it was a clear no. But I think mm. there are people out there who do because they have to or because it's their religion so I think there needs to be something out there to educate on how to co-sleep properly I mean I'll be honest I I co-slept with my older two until I realized until I learned what can actually happen because Mm. it was just it was just what you did to get some sleep so I I absolutely think there needs to be more um, education around how to co-sleep because uh, in the hospital by a midwife I was also told that I would co-sleep because that's just to get some sleep what you so, do yeah yeah exactly yeah. so uh-huh. yeah I definitely think I was exactly the same more yeah 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 we ended up doing it for nearly a year yeah. every yeah. nap every and most of my clients have yeah yeah, because yeah. and they get to the point where they say, I can't do it anymore because baby is not actually sleeping any better than with us anymore. So mm. it needs to be in its mm. own bed, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. safety is a huge thing that it's just been drummed into me that that's, that's what I have to support. Mm. And I remember in antenatal classes them saying to us, this is going to be the one thing that's really contentious between you and your mother or your mother-in-law because the guidelines have changed so much from when we were babies. Yeah. Because mm. it used to be sleep on front, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it was. I think as a baby, I was slept on my front on a sheepskin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Um, I actually had um, my partner's mum sent a photo through of him in his cot when he was a newborn baby and there was just like it was 
full of toys, like stuffed yeah. toys. <laughs> it had like three thick blankets, all these fluffy things around everything. I'm like, I, I actually messaged, how is he still alive? <laughs> yeah, but they did. They survived. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So thinking about this, um, why do you think a, uh, a good sleep environment is so important? And what do you think is a good sleep environment for your newborn and, you know, all the way up to five? Yeah, so s- setting up a healthy sleep environment is a massive part of babies and toddlers' sleep. So going down into a good sleep environment is going to trigger sleep time for your little one. We want them going down somewhere where, the, where it's warm, it's peaceful, it's safe, it's inviting, mm-hmm. and it's it's familiar to them. But also when the curtains are pulled, when their white noise is on, when the sleeping bag's there, it, that's time for sleep. So having mm-hmm. some, somewhere warm and somewhere really inviting is, is very important for sleep. And darkness would be the major. That darkness triggers that, okay, it's time to go to sleep. Um, just to really, really um, separate day from night. Even though they're going to sleep in darkness during the day as well, it's really just triggering the brain to, to tell them that it's sleep time. Yeah. So what exactly are wake windows and how do they work? So wake windows are the time between naps. So the time that baby wakes up till the time that they're going back to sleep. So that time that they're, they're awake and as they get older, those awake times start to stretch. Um, as they manage to stay awake a bit longer and also it'll start building up some sleep debt to get them through those longer stretches overnight. Mm. So putting a baby down too soon, if their awake window is not long enough for their age, mm-hmm. um, causes them to be undertired. So putting down an undertired baby is really difficult, as well as putting down an overtired baby. So a baby who's been left too long, and they get to that point where they're overtired and just really difficult to settle. So yeah. every baby has a natural sleep time, and as they get older, their sleep times change. Um, and it's when their melatonin levels start to rise, um, which is the sleepy hormone, which is why when darkness is triggering this hormone and helping it to build up. And their cortisol levels, which is their, the hormone that keeps them awake, it starts to drop naturally. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, it's quite important to to get those timings right. So an undertired baby would be often staring into space. Um, mm-hmm. All their movements are quite slow and they become quite quiet. Um, and then an overtired baby, they're crying. They're sort of cranky and clingy and tantrums and hyperactive behaviours. Um Mm. yeah so there is quite a bit manic yeah yeah quite different but in the rubbing of the eyes is an overtired baby um wanting milk wanting breast wanting a bottle wanting a dummy so i think having a routine in front of you and knowing what's naturally normal for your baby for their age is really helpful and you know i've had so many clients blown away by i can't believe they've just gone to sleep because Mm. it was Mm. the right time Mm. And it's yes, a great feeling yeah. when you get the timing right, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And but similarly, when you can just you get that you see that cue from like across the room of overtiredness, and you're like, 
Oh, shit. Yes, We've okay. missed I missed it. it. I missed the window. <laughs> How did this happen? Yeah. Even like with, with a two-year-old, when you see it, you're like, oh, gosh. Okay, we're in for a battle. Yeah, and I, I was just about to say that, even with my two-year-old, you know, like sometimes you're out and about and you're kind of rushing home to get to that that nap time and you just see the look in their eye and you think, you're not going to go to sleep, are yeah. you? You've passed it. <laughs> You've gone. Oh. oh, And then they crash at about four o'clock and you think, oh, great. Oh, it's yeah. the worst. Delightful. Yeah. <laughs> you're in the danger yeah. zone at that point, aren't you? <laughs> There's nothing worse when it happens and you're driving. Oh, yeah. And you just actually can't do anything about it. Yeah, and the eyes are my, dropping off and you've got the windows oh down. And it's like 3.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. We just like chuck so many snacks back at that point. Yeah. <laughs> like any anything we can find. It's handy having older children because you're like, keep her awake. <laughs> <laughs> do yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so talking about routine, we are just to know all three of us are very pro routine we say it really does give you a sense of freedom knowing when they're going to sleep and knowing when they're going to be awake you can just do so much more um so what like why do you think routine is so important what do you tell your clients well not only routine for for mum and dad because it's so important especially if um the likes of me i'm working from home and that nap time is my work time so that's when i write my plans yeah um, but I also I a hundred percent believe that babies, toddlers, children, and adults thrive off routine and predictability. So, don't mm. get me wrong; being spontaneous is also very important. Um, you don't need to be locked in your home forever, following a strict routine. If you have a day that goes off course, just pick it back up the following day. Um, mm. But having a child yeah. know what to expect and when to expect it, it builds trust, it builds confidence, security, resilience. It's just, they feel safe. It's their, it's their. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Even with adults, like I feel like if we go for like a big day out or do something, you know, really out of the ordinary, and which is so fun but at the end of the day you're like holy moly i am shattered. yeah and it takes you like two days to get over it <laughs> yeah. yeah so um how early can we create a routine with a newborn day one yeah day one i i do have a really good <laughs> newborn package which has basic routines up to about 12 weeks of age i usually like to tell mum though that and just enjoy those newborn days of getting to know your baby uh, then getting to know the outside world and you, they need you. Once bub hits sort of eight to ten weeks and all that nice sleepy maternal melatonin starts to wear off, we do need to start implementing a little more structure, um, help them to discover their routine. So anywhere from 12 weeks and baby can start self-settling um, and really from 16 weeks onwards they can there are more hands-off approaches that they can actually be doing it unassisted. One of my first recommendations would be differentiating day from night. So when right. newborns, we quite often sleep them during the day in the light. Uh, it's not till they get to about yeah. six to eight weeks that we start sleeping them all the time in the dark. So um, because they've still got that maternal melatonin in them, they they have no idea. They just sleep when they want to sleep. Yeah. Right. So when, when you do, so six to eight weeks is when you think you should start sleeping them in the dark during the day? Yeah. Oh, okay. And so when do most people contact you then to start looking at a routine with their babies? Uh, it's 
all different. I have pregnant women message me and a lot of them buy wow. yeah a lot of them purchase my newborn package um but way before and these like these women just want to be prepared they want to kind of know in advance but I've had mothers them. with three-week babies and I kind of I offer them my newborn information but also tell them to maybe hold off a few weeks before trying to implement anything to right. months, the four-month regression yeah that would be the biggest yeah yes that makes sense lisa you mentioned self-settling before so can you just tell us what self-settling is and then what the difference is between self-settling and resettling and why they're so important like they're two absolutely different skills and they're both as important as one another but it's harder for a baby to resettle on their own is we just need to think about their mm-hmm. drive to sleep so when you when you pop your baby or your toddler down for sleep they're usually tired therefore self-settling does happen relatively easier um they wake from a sleep cycle mm-hmm. and their drive to sleep suddenly lower they've had all this sleep and and now they've got nothing left to push them to sleep um, so a resettle can take a little bit more work, which is where most right. most people abandon the nap and say, oh, well, they must have had enough sleep. But this is where they, when you can fall into that overtired trap. So just thinking about it when you go to bed yourself, you're usually really ready for sleep. And often if you wake in the night, sometimes it can be really hard to go back to sleep. So, yeah, there's, there's a big difference. And often when I start with a client, yeah. the self-settle will happen straight away and they're, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like my baby just put itself to sleep. It's never done this. And then it wakes up and it's a whole different story. So working at resettling is really, really tough and often it can qu- take quite a long time. Right, so okay. just being really consistent in the way that you're resettling baby is is the key so do you find that i was gonna say do you find that um babies who self-settle are better at resettling uh they a baby that can self-settle will definitely learn to resettle quicker than a baby that can't even self-settle so often often i get parents saying oh my baby can self-settle but they can't resettle and then I dig a bit further and, and baby's got a dummy. So baby's not really self-settling because they're using dummy to settle and the dummy falls out and it's all over. So yeah, it's it's they're definitely it's definitely a skill that you kind of have to have one to have the other. Yeah, because um, yeah. we use a dummy and when Flo's going to sleep, might have to do a couple of dummy runs. And then often if she wakes up after that 30 to 45 minute mark, I just pop the dummy back in and then she goes straight back to sleep. So that... Yeah. So how old she's how old She's just over four months. Yeah. So that's not self-settling and resettling, is it? Mm. But it seems to work for not us. Not if you're having to do a lot of dummy runs, which... yeah. I hate to say it, but you'd probably, before six months, you'd probably want to get rid of the dummy, um, cold turkey, and and just really focus on a good settling technique, which I can help you with. (laughs) Please, honestly, how how do we do it? It's it's tough because my uh, two two out of my three girls have had dummies and I left it too late to remove Josie's dummy, so I did have to teach her to find and replace. But they don't learn that, which I'll talk about soon. They don't learn that until they're a bit older. So, um, if your baby's relying on their dummy, if they if it's falling out and you're having to go and replace it, it's it's become a sleep prop that it's become an issue. Mm. Um, 
I just have to say also, this is so classic. Marley and I haven't had Layla and Flo with us in a podcast recording in ages. And we have a sleep consultant on it. And the one, the one, one. And your babies are all up. They just know. They don't want to miss out. They're like, she's telling all her secrets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're taking notes so they can plot against you later. Yeah. (laughs) What are your, um, Lisa, what are your top tips then for, without, you know, giving too much away, for teaching your baby to self-settle? And do you think there's like a sweet moment for when is the best time to teach it? I do. I think anything around the 16 weeks uh, mark, so the four months, is when you can teach baby to self-settle on their own. So anything before that, it's really still hands-on stuff. So they're still relying on you to help them get to sleep. Um, So once they hit that 16 weeks... Um, you really want to focus on one before the other. So really focus on self-settling, self-settling. And then once they kind of pick up on that skill, then you you help them with resettling on their own. So I would always recommend working on self-settling first and then assisting to, to get them back to sleep. But putting baby, my, putting baby down sleepy but awake. So we always want to be put, letting them put themselves to sleep. So this way, when they wake from that sleep cycle, their environment hasn't suddenly changed. Like, hang on, mm-hmm. I fell asleep in mum's arms. Where's mum's boob? Now I'm in this bed on my own. So yeah, yeah. we want them closing their eyes where they're going to wake up, if that makes yeah. sense. Because um, mm-hmm. it can cause quite a distress for the baby. Um, think, you know, nice and cosy in mum's arms on the boob, boob in my mouth, and just suddenly waking from a sleep cycle in a completely different, different environment. And after your after your baby can self settle, then you can really focus on reset settling with a, a really good um, settling technique. So it's mm-hmm. it's all about replacing those sleep associations, those props that they're using to get to sleep or back to sleep with a really good settling technique um, and being consistent with it. And it's hard work, regardless of I have a few techniques that you can choose from depending on baby's age. Um, in the room, out of the room, depending on how stimulated baby is with you there, there's going to be a little bit of crying and protest if you're changing the way that baby goes to sleep. So, you know, I have a lot of parents reach out and say, I don't, I don't like any crying. And I have to be honest, there's going to be a little bit of crying. And crying's actually natural and it's baby releasing some of that stress hormone, that cortisol to allow them to be ready for sleep um it's not always a negative thing and i think there's a lot of there's a lot of talk of it being negative to i never leave baby to cry i never i never suggest cry it straight cry it out unless parents have tried everything and they're mentally at their wits end and just that's their only option yeah it's just there's always going to be protest to change Mm, yeah they yeah like adults (laughs) yeah yeah. So when would you suggest getting in touch with a sleep consultant? Uh, so if things are going, if things are working well for you and your family and you don't wish to change, then don't. So the only negative or bad association is one that doesn't work for you. So yeah. as we've talked about, co-sleeping, um, feeding to sleep, that sort of thing, if it works for you, then 
you don't need to, you don't need help you don't need others to tell you you need help but if it's not working for you if it's if you're tired if baby's not getting enough sleep then you can reach out for help yeah. um try yeah try not to let others influence decisions it's if it's not yeah if you if you're ashamed to ask for help then you kind of got to ask yourself why you're asking for help mm. um we take a panadol for a headache we go to a personal trainer to lose weight yeah and if no one in the house is sleeping get some help yeah. if if you're mm. at that point where you think I can't even get up tomorrow. I can't function because my baby's not sleeping. It's okay to ask for help. But yeah, times have changed and it's really hard when there's so many voices out there when it comes to raising our children, what's right and what's wrong, what's worked for others. Absolutely. But I think having a professional opinion appeals to a lot of my clients so they can block out the other noises and focus on what they want to achieve. Yeah. And if you can do that, that's a huge... Like I've had so many come to me and say, oh, my mother-in-law, she's telling me that I shouldn't be doing this. But I'm like, is your mother-in-law getting up to your child 10 times a night? No. <laughs> Hand them over <laughs> for, them for a, a sleepover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of working mums who have to return to work while their little one's still young. We don't all have that luxury of staying at home and resting the following day after a bad night. And yeah, mums mm. and dads need to need their sleep to function. So true. Oh, definitely. I think, like for me, I feel like sleep consultants is something that have it's become a lot more common recently. I don't know if you if say that is true because I feel like a few years ago I had never even heard of a, a sleep consultant, and then now most of my friends have used one. And we had a great sleep consultant for my second child. And it, I did have that feeling of like, well, do I need a sleep consultant? Like, why can I not work this out myself? Mm. Why can't yeah. I just work it out from a book? And you, but sometimes you just can't. Like, I clearly was too tired to really figure it out myself. And like you say, I'd go to the doctor for, you know, any concerns. Or we were really happy to use a lactation consultant for feeding and the plunket nurse for other concerns so why would we not get an expert to help us with sleep if we clearly are struggling with it yeah it's it's absolutely become a thing i with my older two being 14 and even seven i it never even crossed my mind but it, it's it is this suddenly this everybody's using them and big social media influencers are using mm. them and i think that's a massive thing is that mm. oh if, if it's okay for her to use a sleep consultant then maybe it's not and maybe it's okay for me to use one it's you yeah, know it normalizes it doesn't it yeah and i mean i have Definitely. helped quite a few um well-known social media influencers and the fee well the the intake that i get from that is massive oh. like mm. just these people that follow these people and yeah obviously think well yeah if she if she can do it i can do it it's not yeah. i shouldn't be ashamed to re reach out for help and yeah it is it has definitely become a bigger thing yeah and i think there is still that that nervousness that if you get someone they're going to a bit, be a bit like super nanny you know like turn yes. up to your house in a uniform be like close the door you're just gonna let your baby cry and they need to deal with it yeah, you know? yeah. i think there is that worry that's what it is a lot that think there's a magic button and i and that just by me sending a plan that everything's going to change, but it, there is hard work and it is, you know, having to having to be consistent and 
yeah. But everything does kind of change, I think, when you do get a plan. Well, for me, just actually speaking to someone about it and them saying we have a plan in place like even if tonight yes. is terrible and tomorrow is terrible the next day is terrible we have a plan you yeah. are working towards something like this will end eventually mm-hmm. is so i found a lot of younger mothers have said this is so great because when my mum or my mother-in-law or my grandma tells me to do this try this i say well no actually i've got a i've got someone a professional who's told me this and that's what I'm going to do. And that's their easy way of yeah. answering that that awkward kind of conversation. And we do we do just like to know that we're doing something, don't we, about... Like, you just want to know, feel comfortable you're doing something about it. Yeah. Lisa, what would you say... I don't really... I don't want to call them mistakes, but what would you say the most common problems are that parents come to you for? Uh, it would probably be the self-settling and resettling um doing too much to help baby go to sleep and then Mm. and then that's the only way that they know how to go to sleep and then expecting them to sleep all night or have their naps during the day when in fact they're actually relying on you to help them get there Mm. another one would be uh parents thinking that less day sleep is going to mean longer overnight sleep which is in fact yeah. the complete opposite um and baby becomes that is such avatar. such a revelation <laughs> sleep promotes sleep yeah. is what yeah. i have to tell my partner and everyone else yeah because they say oh but if you let them sleep for two hours in the day they're not going to sleep at night but they're building up that it's like a piggy bank if you think about a piggy bank you're putting the coins in yeah. and you're building that up to get you through to make that purchase to um that's kind of how we've learned it and oh it's definitely and the amount of clients that I have say oh I can't believe that by having good day sleeps my child's sleeping through the night it's Mm. just when I was just gonna say when when does that change though like when you know if you've got a two-year-old say if they have too much day sleep does it affect their night sleep when is when does that yeah so once once they hit sort of I would say two and a half you want to start pretty much cutting that nap um a three-year-old I I wouldn't probably nap during the day maybe 45 minutes would be the most I can see that (laughs) I know I'm dreading it like I've already planned where she's going for those two hours a day when she stops sleeping um because it's so precious that time it's it's Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. No, once they start getting to about three years old, and I've had the old client who's who's me- messaged and said, oh, my, my three-and-a-half-year-old, I really want them to keep napping during the day, but they just keep fighting it. And, and then I eventually <laughs> get them to sleep for 20 minutes, and then they won't go to bed. And it's, yeah. Okay, it's time to drop that nap. Yeah. As hard as it is, yeah. it's time to oh, go. it's a harder transition for you as a parent losing that nap than it is oh, for the child definitely <laughs> definitely but and mum's like but this is when I get all my washing done or my dinner cooked and it's like well sorry yeah my almost three-year-old she's stopped napping at preschool because none of her friends do yeah there's but too much going on she will happily have a nap at home but yeah, I'm just not. I noticed that when she hasn't had a nap at preschool, her night sleep is just absolutely shocking. Like I was up yeah. last night with her every hour. Yeah, so she might because... still need even just a twenty minute 
little cat nap. But then, yeah. but then you don't want to have that happening too late in the afternoon because then that'll yeah. affect yeah. her bedtime. It's a really hard transition for them as well. It is mm. a hard transition. Mm. And if you are going to give them a little nap, like a 20 to 30 minute nap, you're better off doing it earlier in the day, sort of like 11, 30, 12 o'clock. Right. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. to get that really big build up of sleep debt before bed. Right. I swear yeah. I slept till I was like five or something. Yeah, I, I do have I some like. that still sleep. And every child's so different. I've got a, a friend who I studied with and her four-year-old boy still has a day nap. He just falls yeah. asleep on the couch and she just lets him sleep for half an hour. My parents just probably, because I'm one of seven, they probably just made us go to sleep till we were that age. Just to yeah. get a little bit of <laughs> like alone time or just by themselves time so yeah and I think I think um us as children we were a lot more outdoors and a lot more active Mm. as young children Mm. yeah nowadays there's so much screen time and that sort of thing which Mm. really puts off naps as well what is early wakes a common problem that people come to you with early morning wakes would be my biggest headache (laughs) they are horrible they they are the hardest issue to fix and usually the last piece of the sleep puzzle. Um, and often often I get babies that are waking five or six times a night and then suddenly they're sleeping through, which is fantastic. And I think sometimes we forget that they're suddenly sleeping through and, and they're waking early and, and it's kind of a catch-22 where they're getting more overnight sleep, but then their drive is so low in those early hours of the morning. And I think parents often make the mistake of going to baby or going to their toddler at that time in the morning and reinforcing that wake. The longer we can try and leave them, the better. Unless it's, unless it's genuine hunger, which you would sort of know depending on baby's age and how much they've had the previous day Mm. which is why darkness is so important and warmth because it can quite often a baby and toddler's uh, natural body temperature drops between midnight and 3 a.m so quite often that after three o'clock wake can be due to being cold um right so yeah early morning wakes are often a, a big thing and often take quite a while to fix um but it can be done absolutely can be done it's just it's just a matter of tweaking things and shortening naps or or having naps at different times and bedtimes a late bedtime will cause an early morning start which parents quite often think is going to have the opposite if I put baby to bed later they're going to wake up later only it was that easy if only I know yeah so quite often they are it is something that pops up during sleep training which is why I have a special section on early morning wakes and how to tackle them if they do pop up Mm. I just have like a little sneaky question for you (laughs) why why is my almost six month old she always 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 when she's put to bed will wake after 45 minutes and not go back to sleep like takes up to two hours to um, resettle but she's linking her sleep cycles during the day now. So yeah. she's just never slept past 45 minutes in the night. What, and it's just what time What time would bedtime be? Sometimes it depends what time she wakes from her naps. So tonight I put her to bed at 7. Yesterday was 6.45. Yeah. So it's Is around she... the right time. 
usually not I would getting enough day sleep. Or? Yeah, I would usually say any false starts. False starts mm. is what we call them. Would be due to overtiredness. So somewhere mm. in her day, she's not quite getting enough sleep, or is she waking early in the morning? Sometimes she usually wakes about quarter to seven. Yeah, yeah. So that's not too early. Anything between six thirty and seven would be considered normal time to wake up. But yeah. yeah, false starts kind of ring the alarm bells of slightly overtiredness. Um, but what you could do is you could go in at about the twenty-minute mark mm-hmm. and just kind of give her a gentle wee rub while she's asleep in her cot, just to kind of okay. arouse her into another sleep cycle, if that makes sense. Yeah, before she gets to that forty-five minutes. Mm. Mm. Okay, I'll give it a yeah. try. She yeah. she tricked me and slept fine yesterday for the first time ever. And yeah. then I thought, yes, she's going to go down great tonight. And then she didn't. So, And then she did it again. And then yeah. she's kind of getting a little burst of um, cortisol, which is what's keeping her up for, for that two hours. She's treating it yes. like, she's uh, treating bedtime like a nap. Yeah, she yeah. definitely, yeah. yeah. She's always done it since she's been born, which is just really annoying, but... I'll keep trying. Um, so Lisa, something that we hear so much about um, are sleep regressions, or I know some people call them progressions. Yeah. When are the when are the main sleep regressions? Uh, so when the main, do the main sleep ones re- occur. Yeah, they took a lot of people talk about them, and and the biggest, most obvious one would be at four months. Um, mm-hmm. Newborn baby's been sleeping so well, and then suddenly they just hit this. 16 week horrible regression and it is really hard and I think I think the key to that regression is teaching the self-settling and resettling because they just have no clue they're so used to being helped to sleep and suddenly suddenly the hands-on settling is too stimulating and they're getting more frustrated with us trying to help them get to sleep and they do want that space but yeah I do I do see them as a progression because your little one's actually developing mentally, physically, emotionally, and it's almost like their bodies are going too fast for their wee brains, and they they're not going backwards. We just need to be aware that it's more of a developmental change, and we need to support baby through that or toddler. Um, there is another regression progression at around the eight month mark, fifteen mm-hmm. months, but some babies can have them early, and some babies can have them late. Mm. And usually the 18-month regression is due to some separation anxiety. Suddenly baby doesn't want to leave mum's side. And so there, yeah, there's lots of different little tips and tricks that you can get around that one. But I think not being too caught up on these regressions and supporting, doing what you need to do to get through them without developing new habit um, and new mm-hmm. props for sleep um, spending their your, their awake times in their rooms and, and just gaining some more trust because I think that's a massive one for, for mm-hmm. toddlers especially is that trust thing oh mum's leaving me especially if they're going to daycare and that sort of thing when it comes to bedtime oh mum's leaving me again you know it's just it's really about supporting supporting your baby through the regressions rather than getting your hackles up and being like my baby's going through the regression are they ever going to come out of it like yeah, that's great. Mm. Yeah, you're so right. Just being there to support them and hold their hand and help yeah. them through them yeah. is so important, isn't it? Very important. Yeah. 
yeah, just remembering that we're we're all they have in the world, really. Aren't exactly, we? and they they look at us with those big eyes and just yeah, they, they trust oh, you yeah, fully. So true. I'm sure down the line we would all give anything to go back and just have those the cuddles when and, like yeah, 18 yeah. months. Yeah, my two year old climbs into bed with us in the mornings just for cuddles and. Aww. Oh, it's so nice. And, you know, you just think, oh, it would be lovely if I just slept here for a while. But, yeah. And then, you know, oh, it's, it's just lovely them having their own space too. Yeah. And, like, don't get me wrong. I never, ever would wish my children sick. But when they're feeling a bit poorly yeah. and then they want snuggles on the sofa, it's so nice. Isn't it, it is. It is. My, my third out of the three, she would be the most snuggliest. Um, Lisa, do you have any basic tips that our listeners could implement if they're struggling with sleep? Obviously, there's lots of different problems, but anything basic that they could start with? So I think definitely their sleep environment, having it dark, the white noise, um, I haven't really touched on white noise, but it's a, it is a massive help to sleep because, again, baby's going to sleep with that comforting, non-stimulating noise. So it's quite a static noise going while they're passing through sleep cycles. And the key is to have it going continuously for the whole nap and the whole overnight because babies actually hate silence and it, it also it distracts them. They can't concentrate on two things at once. So white noises are really good. It, it does mimic the mum's womb and that's more for newborns but it, right through to toddlers I still use it. Um, it's just that non, yeah, it's, it's a really good stable sound for them. Warmth would be another one and putting putting baby down as much as you can awake but sleepy so trying to get that tired I mean you can everybody can sort of google awake windows for baby so if you can follow rough awake times for your baby mm. um, and getting them down at those right times of the day that's really going to help with any settling and that sort of thing swaddling newborns so swaddling with arms down for newborns um, just gives them that nice secure feeling and then once obviously once baby's starting to show signs of rolling then you have to transition the arms out which can be hard work as you know yes yep <laughs> um uh, yeah but bringing one arm out at, at a time is really good so if you've got that option to bring one arm out and just alternate um just bring the arms out for day sleeps okay uh, and then start bringing them out overnight. And I would recommend concentrating on overnights before you start trying to concentrate on day naps. Oh, yeah. So okay. especially if you're teaching self-settling and resettling, their drive to sleep is so much stronger overnight. So it's a lot easier to teach that during the night. And even though it's it's hard work because you're tired, it is the best time for, for them to learn. Um, and knowing your knowing your limits as a parent and your attachment to your baby and being realistic with your goals. So quite often I have a client who will come to me, baby's three months old and I want them sleeping through the night and I have to be honest and say, look, first we need to set realistic goals. So your night goals, your day goals and that sort of thing because if you don't have those goals everything is just a flop and it's disappointing and you feel like you're getting nowhere whereas you reach those little goals and it's amazing you feel like you're winning mm. and and yeah I think also being consistent is absolutely key and confident babies and toddlers especially toddlers they can sense any apprehension when it comes to naps and bedtime yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. So if you're feeling if you're feeling nervous about putting, it's just like riding a horse. If you if you feel nervous, they sense it, and they can. Oh, Mum's not very confident putting me down tonight. So I'm just gonna cry until she gets me back up. So yeah, just being really confident in what you're doing, and I guess that's why having a sleep consultant or someone telling you exactly what to do when to do it gives you that confidence and I yeah. think that kind of I put a lot of my time into doing being one-on-one with my clients and very live so I'm helping them through the lunch break through the lunch net um pretty much holding their hand and I think that is the key to getting them through those hard times and and really letting them see the results themselves and that they can do it and have faith in themselves and yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. They're amazing. Yeah. Some, yeah, really great tips. You're, you've given it all away. I'm trying not to, <laughs> but I love helping everybody. And at the moment, I'm just so Aww. so busy that I'm having to turn people away, which I don't like doing. But um, yeah, if I can help someone out there by just giving a little bit of advice, I'll be happy. <laughs> oh, you're helping me. So thank you so much. Yeah, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so we like to end our podcasts with asking um, all our guests a question, which is, what is one baby product or item that you couldn't live without? Now, this could be either for yourself, something you've loved with your three girls, or one thing that you think every single one of your clients should have. Oh, I'm going to have to go with white noise. I never used it with my other two, my older two, but traveling, everything. Just, mm. yeah, white noise would be my, my go-to. With white noise, I've got like a wee machine and there's different types. So is the staticky white noise better than like, say, a rain sound? Yeah, just your plain okay. white noise that doesn't stop. And you can turn it right down and that's how you wean your toddlers off it. Um, okay. So I, when I put Josie to bed, I have it on the loudest and it just blocks out the other girls running around and that sort of thing. And yeah. then when I go to bed, I just flick it right down to the quietest and yeah, and I take it away with me and... I'm going to go switch mine from the rainforest. Yeah, the I'm just about to go noise. in and turn my rainforest sound off and just yeah. use the static sound. I don't sound. know why they put all the different sounds on it. I just, yeah, just, just the one's good. And there's okay. white noise and pink noise and I don't... Yeah, yeah, pink noise is apparently the where it's the rainforest sounds come from or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just good old uh, plain white noise. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, it's been, it's been my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Lisa. We, um, yeah, we really appreciate all the tips you've given us and we know that our listeners will really, really appreciate as well. So thank you so, so much. Thank you. 